0: you mm-hmm. The unique dog experience. Today's segment is the science of canine behavior. To best illustrate the science of canine behavior, we're going to share a podcast called Dog Dish with Deborah, featuring premier dog trainer Deborah Rosen of Good Citizen Dog. To learn more about Deborah and her positive reward-based training, visit goodcitizendog.com. That's goodcitizendog.com. Now let's turn to the podcast Dog Dish with Deborah.
1: Thanks for listening to Dog Dish. I'm Debra Rosen. For the past 15 years as founder and owner of Good Citizen Dog, I've been helping people by educating them about the science of canine behavior. What I'm going to do is help you create peaceful living with your dog.
0: Hi, I'm Dina, and I'm producing Dog Dish with Debra. I'm here to help Deborah give you everything you need to have for peaceful living with your dog.
1: On request, dogs can jump all they like, but the problem is they jump when you don't want them to, which is why I'm calling this podcast, Why Do Dogs Jump and How to Get Them to Stop.
0: Yeah, we don't like the jumping. No, no. So. And I know all about that. Yeah. My I little. know you do. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a 55-pound blue nose pit bull. Her name is Breezy. Yeah. Bree, Breezy, or Breeze. We it's love up Breeze. To you. She's amazing. But she has the inherent pit bull behavior of jumping. And not only that, she then licks you. Them damn dogs are, are spring-loaded. They're spring-loaded lickers. And their tongue is about as wide as your face. So when they get to lick you, if it doesn't go down your throat, it <laughs> goes from chin... <laughs> to forehead that's disgusting it is and it isn't fun They love it but we're not big fans so we want to figure out how to get that to stop I know I would
1: probably rank it up in the top five behaviors that I deal with every day as a trainer so what do we do we get the dog to do something else instead which is called a redirection. If dogs' response is to immediately jump on something, whether it's you or or an object or a piece of furniture, whatever, you immediately have to intercept that behavior and tell it to be something different. The second that you see them about to jump on something, you swoop in and you tell them to sit instead because 9 times out of 10 unless this dog is magic, it can't sit and jump at the same
0: time. Well, I've never met a dog that can do magic, so I'm pretty sure you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be enjoying the results of getting yeah. the dog to sit instead of jump. That's right. But that's not enough, Dina. Oh, there's more.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's always more. This is just a little thing, but it's a big thing to a dog. When that dog jumps, the second their butt hits the floor, you have to put a really high value treat in their mouth, at least in the beginning of all this.
0: So they've jumped, you've stopped them, you've put them in a sit. Now you have to reinforce that sit, that redirection you gave them with the new behavior with something that makes it worth doing? Exactly right. Oh, Yeah, and
1: a high-value treat, folks, could be just about anything. I mean, if you have a lab, you know, anything that goes in their mouth that's a food is a high value. But there are some dogs that really are picky, and even the lab might prefer or it may make a larger impact on it if you give it something that it's maybe never had before. And by doing this, you're helping them understand how important the skill is for you.
0: Oh, well, that's a very interesting way of putting it. I really like that. So you're training the owner of the dog. The dog is gonna do what you need it to do to get the high value treat. We're realizing the high value treat gets the dog to do what you want the dog to do. That's exactly right. And.
1: Like in everything else to do with dog training, timing is everything. So if you wait two or three seconds after the dog has assumed a sit position, you've waited too long because their brains, they just don't retain information for long periods of time. They have a very short attention span, even older dogs. So you have to be prepared with that treat in your hand. And it doesn't have to be a big treat. Dogs don't differentiate between big treats and little treats. So make it a small little treat. Make it a good treat, like a, a piece of cheese. Or uh, if you have leftover salmon, From we're in the Northwest. We have a lot of smoked salmon that, that comes out during the holidays.
0: And if you're not, you can get freeze-dried. And I have to tell you, I love the freeze-dried salmon or the freeze-dried treat because you can flake it. And it smells for the dog. The smell is important. The smell that drives them to want that so desperately, they'll do what you're interested in them doing. Right, right. And here's the other thing about
1: dogs in their brains, Dina. And this is so important, folks. They do not generalize information or learning.
0: And what do you mean by that? Why don't you explain to folks that? Of course. So
1: dogs' brains, we know this from a lot of research as well. That they're smaller. They don't have as many folds. And they're just not complex thinkers. And so bringing the things that they learn from one circumstance or one situation to another, they, they're almost like starting all over again each time. So in order for them to retain the information and to assume or move into the phase of learning called generalizing, we need to do it over and over and over and repeat it in every possible circumstance or situation we can think of.
0: And that ties back to when you are teaching classes. We teach puppy classes in different levels and we get a lot of, well, my dog does this very well in this one circumstance. Uh And then we really explain that's exactly what we mean by generalized. Just because they do it in the kitchen, which is the only place you've taught them, that's the only place they can do it. Oh,
1: geez, Dina, if I had a nickel or dime for every time I've heard this in class, I have people in class who tell me this all day long. They come to class and they say, You know, Deborah my dog doesn't do this at home. And then I tell them, you know what I tell them? Well, I'd like to know what you tell them. I tell them that's why you're in class so that we can simulate these situations and the level of distractions, so that when you go out and you are outside of the home, you're getting the behaviors that are so important in public.
0: I love that. And you know what, Deborah? we're going to actually talk about that on a next podcast because I think it's very important for us to continue the generalization conversation and the redirective behavior conversation for tougher situations. Uh, I think that's a great idea, Dina. Perfect. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Dog Dish with Deborah.
1: For 15 years, Good Citizen Dog has been the premier destination for dog training. Good Citizen uses the most modern, positive, reward-based training techniques. Good Citizen Dog is creating peaceful living with your dog. For more information about services or for franchise information, go to goodcitizendog.com. That's citizen with a Z. Or call 855-936-3649. That's 855-936-3649.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Unique Dog Experience. For all things Unique Dogs, visit uniquedogs.com. That's U N E E K D O G S.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and our podcast is available on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud.